0: Hi, I'm Tanya Bhattacharya, and you're watching the TV Writer Podcast.
1: Hosted by Gray Jones, the TV Writer Podcast is brought to you by Script Magazine and ScriptMag.com, the leading source for script writing information in print and on the web. This is Gray, and I'm here with Tanya Bhattacharya. How are you doing, Tanya?
0: I'm good. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me here.
1: You're very welcome. This is actually podcast 78 for early June. And uh, and I think people are going to really get a lot out of this. You are a working screen and TV writer. And you've got a lot of experience not only working, but also teaching and consulting. And I'm sure that you can have some insight that people will benefit from. I hope so. (laughs) Cool. Well, why don't we first talk a little bit about your backstory and, uh, and go back to when you decided you wanted to be a writer in the first place. Tell me about that.
0: Okay. I actually went to an acting conservatory in Seattle, Washington called Cornish College of the Arts. So I was studying acting there. And then there was a playwriting program as well. It was pretty experimental at the time. It was new. I think they had done it only one year before. And uh, I kind of got recruited to do that. So I started writing then really, and had to write, produce, and be in my own um, senior project, as well as do several little smaller projects throughout the like my last two years of school there. So mm-hmm. that's where I kind of started it. And then I had written a little bit here and there to sort of casually, uh, tried to write a short film. I lived in Vienna, Austria for two years. Wow. <laughs> Random. I kind of, uh, did that. I, I went there and did some theater there and I wrote a short film while I was there and some little short stories. And then when I moved to LA to pursue acting, I was in really bad, crappy, B minus D, F, <laughs> F maybe movies that were just really embarrassing and horrible. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, the writing was really bad to the point where you have that sort of arrogant, I can do this, I can uh-huh. do, do a better job than this. And then I had that sort of naive, I'm going to write something for myself to perform in. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, we had all heard of the, the Rocky, you know, the Sylvester Stallone story. And so I, I went to writer's boot camp. And mm-hmm. I did 22 months there. And then while I was there, I took every other class under the sun. I did Robert McKee's uh, story classes and all of his genre classes. I did one called Naked Naked Screenwriting mm-hmm. with William Martell. But it, it wasn't naked, fortunately. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> think that would be very fun. Yeah. And then I did um, Save the Cat. All of, you know, and I, and I actually studied with Blake, you know, God rest his soul, like one of the last classes that he taught. So I, wow. I was really going for it. And, um, and then I realized that I didn't miss acting and that that's not what I wanted to do, that this was actually more fulfilling. And so I just sort of fully committed to it and. Mm. Started while I was at boot camp, I got my first couple of options there and a, a couple of writing assignments, working with sort of indie directors. But it was really great training ground because I had to write and rewrite and write and rewrite according to, in one case, the producer's sort of vision and specifications, and then the other one, a director who was, it was his idea that I was writing, and so it was an interesting, you know, to try to execute somebody else's vision for them, and um and that's sort of where I, where it all began. Mm. I was mainly I started out with features,
1: and and with features, people, people, a lot of people don't realize that most of the work that happens is rewriting.
0: Yes, and and the development. I mean, Mm. I'm so big on the development. I'm really like I've become sort of militant and crazy about it because I believe that you can do a lot of the rewriting within the development process Mm. if you're really thinking about all of that. And you're sort of doing the work up front and maybe work in the outline. And then when you go to script, hopefully you can have a, a first draft that's much stronger than the first draft. So that when you get into the draft, because one thing that isn't fun is the rewriting a billion times, especially if you have to like just take out huge chunks and throw it away because it's off mm. in the first place structurally. So I, I always try to do the rewriting within the development work mm. myself.
1: And in in particular with with features um, a lot of the, the work is assignments. When you get a writing assignment, how much are you in control of that de- development process?
0: Well, I've only had like the very indie writing assignments and mm-hmm. features at this point. I hopefully down the road, will um, have a, be one of the top 10 guys out there <laughs> and I'll be the gal. Um, but, uh. Not I didn't in my experience have a lot of control even when it was my own idea
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, that was a little more collaborative and I think both experiences that I had like while I was at boot camp specifically were were really positive experiences but in the one the producer was experienced and wanted to see certain things out of it and sometimes we would disagree mm-hmm. especially about like a, there's a smaller sort of B story within there that we I feel like I rewrote a billion times and. Mm-hmm. Circled back to the same one that I originally started with, <laughs> and then uh and so that was collaborative, but with the assignment mm, it was really it was really being everything was tailored toward what the director and the producers that were attached at the time wanted out of that project, and so mm-hmm. it was difficult, but you do find the creativity within that and and, and it's just within per, sort of certain parameters of like okay. I can do this creative thing, but it has to sort of fit a little bit into this box of what they're asking me to do. Mm. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know. I was pretty lucky to to be able to have a voice and have a say, but not the final say.
1: Oh. <laughs> now let, let's wind back a little bit, and you talked mm-hmm. about um, going to a number of these different programs and and and, and that That's, kind of thing. Yeah. This this is a mega mega huge industry, um, conferences and seminars and, and consultants and, and all, all this sort of thing. What did you find most helpful to your early process?
0: Well, it's always kind of inspiring. Excuse me. It's always inspiring to be around other writers that are trying to do the same thing and you meet them and you, you know, it's nice if you can make some friends along the way. Um, I think in the best of them, I was given more of a process so mm-hmm. that i had some place to start with and maybe a middle and then to work towards an end then there's certain things and i don't want to you know specify because it's i think they were all valuable like i learned something from every single class or workshop that i took but some of them were more lecture and you you would go yeah that makes total sense and that's brilliant and genius and it's broken down but there's no applicable process mm-hmm. so you'd go home inspired but still not know what the hell you were doing? <laughs> and so I'd be like, what? Okay. You know, so so you would start to sort of understand it in an intellectual way, but then not have any sort of applicable process. And so um, boot camp gave me that. And in creating my own, you know, as you mentioned, I, I, I do teach and consult. I created my own sort of set of tools to help people mm. um, develop their projects. It's sort of like based on my own process.
1: And and you taught at bootcamp for several years. I
0: did, yeah. I went to the twenty-two month program, and then um, the founder asked me if I wanted to teach, and I was like, "Really? Me? I don't. I don't I've never taught before. I don't know." He's like, "No, no, no. You can do it. You understand what we're doing here. You'll be great." And so I was like, "Okay, but not now, right? Maybe next <laughs> year." Um, and it, because it was like August or something, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah. In in the new year." And then I went to London with my husband. I'm married to a British Indian.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: so we went to London and I got a phone call while I was in London saying, he actually needs you to teach sooner than that. And I'm like, how oh, sooner? No. <laughs> They're like, September 15th. Wow. And I remember it, it was September 15th, 2005 was my first class that I taught. I think, wow. yeah. And and I was like, um, that's the day I'm landing. <laughs> <I'll be pretty laughs>
2: They're like,
0: he'll help you teach the first class and then you'll be fine from there. And I was like, there was just, they weren't taking no for an answer. Wow. So I just, I taught the first class with the founder who, who, and I was jet lagged and it was <laughs> bizarre. And then that was it. I was just kind of thrown into the fire and it was great. Mm. It's great. And I really love doing it and I've done it ever since. And then um, I started my own business after I actually moved to India for two years. <laughs> wow. so at one. You had some
1: a lot of international experiences.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Very, very cool. And and so at, at what point did the writing start to pay the bills?
0: Mm. Oh, it didn't start to pay the bills until I got onto Fairly Legal, which was the USA show Fairly Legal. I was on season two of that um mm-hmm. in two thousand eleven and twelve, mm-hmm. I believe. And um and then client list, uh obviously. But before that it was all sort of breaking in so it was like i did fox diversity program and the nbc writers on the verge and that was sort of my foray into the tv world and Mm. and um and and that's when it was like i should i should have done this a lot sooner because (laughs) the great thing about tv is that you can have something that you've written produced and i mean there's nothing like that it's so it's so rewarding
1: yeah now i should mention you also uh uh, f- did the Fox Writers Initiative, and you optioned an original pilot, which is very, yeah, very cool. Yeah. And at what at what point did you start writing with Ali, is uh, it Laventhal?
0: Laventhal. Laventhal. Yeah, I write with a writing partner who's an amazing and brilliant talent and a wonderful human being. So I'm very fortunate to have found the, the one, my mm. other husband, or she's really my wife. I'm the husband.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so... We, we, she was my, she was a writer in the very first class I taught at writer's bootcamp
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, um, probably a couple years in to teaching, we, you know, we became friendly and we had sort of talked about writing something together because she had a, a darker sort of thrillery project that is really more up my alley. Mm-hmm. And, and so we talked about it, but it never happened. And then I moved to India. And, because my husband, British Indian, was asked to go and launch GQ there because magazines were booming. And, um, so I went there and I was writing my, my material. I had the options then and everything on Skype. And I actually started working with a, a different friend. It wasn't intended to be like a long, lifelong partnership or anything. It was just a matter of, I would tell her stories about my crazy family and my background. And she said, you should write this. And so I said, I'll do it. If you will do it with me, cause I didn't have any time. And she kept kind of hounding me. And Mm. so that was the, that was the project. The first pilot I wrote that, that we got into, we wrote together and it got us into the Fox diversity. Mm. Then I was so great. And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. I should be writing for TV. Um, I had started writing a feature with Allie because we had started working with the same producer on our on two separate feature projects and we met for lunch one day and um after lunch she was like oh wait I almost forgot to ask you has Amy and Amy was the producer we were working with she was like has Amy talked to you about and I didn't even let her finish I was like what she wants you to she wants you to like partner up with me so I'll finish my my project <laughs> already and she's like no but I was thinking and I was like yes well, we should do it and so it was kind of like just meant to happen and mm. we started one of our features it was actually her feature that we started working on and we did that um partly in person because i was in town from india and partly on on skype
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and at that point i had moved back from india to the east coast that's a long story and uh and and we submitted uh, we did that and it was such a great project and process to write together on skype like that mm-hmm forth which is crazy. Like, you know, you're submitting like the scene, and then wow. the person's like reading it and talking it out and rewriting it, and then sending it back because we didn't even have our our final draft synced up. Wow. And so it was such a a, a really great um, process together. Like, it was that the magic was there, and so it was just the right combination. And all right, we finished it, and then I was like, well. I need to write a spec. I need to get into one of these other programs
2: because I need <laughs> to,
0: you know. And she was like, "I do too." And I was like, "Well, I going to do a Nurse Jackie. Do you want to do it with me?" And she said, "Yes." And it was that was it. I mean, we did Nurse Jackie together, and that we started. I guess we started writing to answer your question. Long story long, about three years ago, mm-hmm. maybe. And then we started. We did the Nurse Jackie, and that got us into Writers on the Verge, and then Writers on the Verge really sort of launched us into the business, really, because with the help of Jen Grisanti and Karen Horn, who sort of run that program, um, we were able to meet, you know, a lot of executives there, obviously, because that's part of their program. Mm -hmm. And then we got our agent and manager out of that program. And then our first gig was um, in the NBC family, it was a USA show. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of like, I find, in my experience so far, that it takes a village. So it was sort of the help of like Jen and our manager and the manager who knew this person and the agent who knew that person, they all sort of put the call in or send out an email and, or pick up the phone and then you go in the room and hopefully get the job. But it, it takes all that sort of support.
1: Very, mm, very cool. Well, and I think it's, it's, it's good for everybody to hear that it's not just one seminar or one conference or one program that necessarily gets you there, but you built this all over a long period of time.
0: Yeah, it took a while. I mean, I feel like once I started doing TV, like that, everything started clicking in for me. So that kind of process was really fast because I did, um I did Fox 2009, 2010. And then I did Writers on the Verge 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. And then I did, right, you know, 211, 212, I guess was fairly legal and then client list. So, yeah, I mean, that part. Was for me, I felt like quick. My writing partner was doing, Ali was doing um, TV before then. So for her, she feels like it took her more years. Mm -hmm. For me, like as far as starting with features, yeah, I I think I must have started writer's bootcamp in 2002 or three. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of like learning and figuring it out and a lot of training and then just putting, throwing your hat into the ring. And I, I got really lucky. Um, with Writers in the Verge and Fox Diversity, I feel really fortunate to have like gotten those gotten into those two programs as mm-hmm. quick as I did because I know a lot of people they have to apply you know many times or they 've been in many programs before they get their first job, and it doesn 't mean they 're not an amazing writer it 's just it 's a really difficult business to mm-hmm. to break into even when you do have support
1: oh yeah, and those fellowship programs i I heard that that the, the the piles were a lot smaller a few years ago and, and the piles of people applying, is just getting bigger yeah, and bigger, bigger and bigger. Somebody, somebody said, like uh, it was a number like 1600 people yeah. submitted to the writers mm-hmm. on the verge last year. Um, 1200
0: the year that we did it. So mm-hmm. I feel like it goes up by like at least three, 400 every year because it's <laughs> people have more of an awareness about yeah. it. Like I had never heard about it before. And then I was like, wait, what's, what's this, what are these programs? Everybody's applying for. And, I don't remember who even told me about them, but fortunately I learned about them because uh, I think it's one of the ways that if you can get in, um, it, it can be really helpful in, in sort of launching you kickstarting your career.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But, but, I mean, there are really talented people that don't get in because there's just, there's so many scripts and yeah. then it's subjective. And so somebody, you know, I don't know how many readers they all have. I think a lot of them have at least two sort of rounds at least. And so you may have somebody who gets the show and knows it and loves mm. it and says, yeah, this is an amazing, uh, script. And then somebody else who doesn't. And so it's like, then you've got that score that's a combo and you, you know, and it, it's, it's not always about the most talented, you know, people. I mean, mm. I, I think there are probably a lot of t- people that were much more talented than, than we are and they didn't get in, you know, but if you keep at it, and you just, you want it badly enough and you pursue it at every angle that you can. Eventually, I think that the, you know, the cream will rise to the top.
1: Mm, very, very cool. So um, let's just t- touch briefly on your experience on, on client list and, and fairly legal. Um, in the room for the first time, what was your experience? What did you learn? <laughs> uh, Take homes that you could help other people with okay. who might be in that position?
0: I feel like I, Ali and I really lucked out by having the opportunity to be in two rooms that were really healthy and mm. wonderful experiences. I mean, obviously you know, writing for TV can be difficult and stressful, but it's only going to be made more difficult and stressful if the room is unhealthy. And mm. I- I've been lucky not to have to deal with that. So um I've had two showrunners that are like really cool people that I really like as human beings and that um, are very supportive. And I think when Someone's supportive and, and sort of praises you and tells you when work is good, but is also honest and, hey, when to change this or whatever, then you're going to do your best work.
2: Hmm. Um,
0: and so on fairly legal. We broke story differently than the client list. It was sort of—I mean—I remember going into the room for the first time and being petrified. I mean, <laughs> I, honestly, the would Ali and I would go into the bathroom. I don't think we've ever told the showrunner this. I will have to tell him at some point. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, "We're gonna get fired.
2: We're
0: so oh, no. he, gonna get fired," because you would just constantly mind, you know, screwing yourself. Of, am I talking enough? Am I not talking enough? Do I need to pitch more? And you know, it's intimidating because it was a big room. I feel Mm. like it was at least nine writers. And then there was also, um, uh, and there was like a lot of uh, upper level, a lot of mid-level, like a balance, a real Mm. balance. And you just felt like there were, there were three staff writers four really, but Ali and I are one person. So, Mm. um, there's four staff writers. And so you're sort of comparing yourself to them. It's hard not to do that. I don't think the showrunner was doing that or anybody Mm. else was doing that, but we were doing that to ourselves and going like, okay, if I just say three things today, I'll be really proud of myself. And sometimes (laughs) that's all it is. Sometimes it's like they don't necessarily, and every room's different, but they don't necessarily expect you to be contributing at the level that their co-EPs are, Mm. you know, or their consulting producers or whatever. They, they expect you to contribute when you have something to say. And, um The table was really huge <laughs> i'm'm I'm going random thoughts, but yeah. the table was really big, and we were at one end of it, and sometimes it felt like the the showrunner was at the other end, and so <laughs> you, couldn't, hey uh, you didn't have the big yeah, you didn't have the sort of commanding voice um, uh-huh. that would carry, and so uh you'd have to pipe up I mean sometimes we'd feel like we were yelling <laughs> just to,
2: like <laughs> your
0: force be heard, but you know, um. The pressure is all internal, I feel Mm. like. It's just really about take deep breaths. I mean, one suggestion I would have would be like, do some yoga, get a treadmill, you know what I mean, and try to get some sleep and Mm. try to just take deep breaths and not worry so much. Because it took like the first few months, I was just worried about like taking the temperature of how I thought we were doing or how Mm. I was doing the whole time. And it turned out that we did we did fine. We did what we were expected to do, and and surpassed that. Um, so I think that advice is just speak up when you have something to say. Don't contribute to the sake of for the sake of contributing. Try mm. to take try to gauge the room because you can tell. Like there were times when it was like, oh, the grown-ups are talking.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: like upper level people are figuring it out down there, yeah. and it's okay to just sit back and listen because part of what you're doing is is learning, you know, trying to learn from the people that have more experience than you do, that have 20, you know, 15, 20 years on you or more. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
0: But, and then, you know, we felt much more confident going into the client list uh, on so many levels because it was also not a case. You know, it was difficult to like, we weren't really, we were like, it was our first time breaking like a legal case. And so that was a new sort of, skill that we were trying to develop mm-hmm. while on that show. Um, and then the difference between breaking the, in, in the two rooms was the first couple of weeks of both of those rooms, it would be like everybody sort of just pitching ideas and putting them up on the board or putting them on big giant stickies, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and just seeing what, what, what stuck, I guess. Yeah. And so everyone would pitch ideas of like what could happen for the season or what could happen within relationships. And obviously the showrunners had their own vision too of what was going to, what would be happening. And so we would just talk about it a Mm -hmm. lot. And then um, in Fairly Legal, we all broke story in the room together. So you could be spending... A week or two weeks or more. If there was a like, case that was particularly difficult that you had to rebreak several times, we would all break it together as a big room. Mm-hmm. Or then when people went off to write their scripts, the rooms would get smaller, but then somebody would come in, like maybe an upper level that was working on their script would come in and then hear what we had done for the day and help rebreak or, you know, start from scratch <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and then, um, on the client list, which uh I enjoy both both um both ways of doing it but on the client list we would uh, break our own stories and then put it on the board so you interesting. You'd, yeah, you would you would you would um board your beats or whatever and then you would pitch out your story and say okay so this is what happens and this and this and you would just go through the whole thing and then the room could interject or comment or add something or be like "Mm, that act out's not really working and then we'd sort of re-break or fix to whatever degree was necessary in the room together Hmm. and I really like that because it gives you your own sort of autonomy with the story it's like you broke it it's your little baby and then you you get help if you need it you know to whatever degree you need it and then um and then you would go into outline
2: very very cool Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, it was cool. It was great. I mean, both, both experiences were awesome. They're so different.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I've heard every room is different and, uh, and it does, it does sound like those are pretty healthy. I've heard of some less healthy yeah. ones, um, which, you know, and, and they're all, they're all experiences and, and exactly. even in the quote unquote, less healthy rooms, yeah. They get great shows out and there's a way they do it and Absolutely. and for some people they they can work within that and and have a great mm-hmm. time so yeah uh, a lot of it too is is finding the the people that you work well with over time mm-hmm. and yeah. and trying to get jobs with those people.
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I, I, every single person that I've worked with so far I, I'd love to work with again on on both shows. I think it was such a good experience and and I learned a lot from mm. the people you know that I worked with whatever level they were. And it's nice. I mean, because you might have somebody that's like on, on, um, fairly legal. We had a staff writer who was phenomenal and amazing at breaking story. And, you know, it was great to watch how she would do it. And hopefully we picked up something from her Mm -hmm. during our time. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Very, very cool. And, and, and actually that leads to one question, which is, um, Uh, your approach to networking. Um, What, how, how much is this part of your career process?
0: Oh, um, I feel like that's something that I push other people to do
2: Uh (laughs)
0: that. I don't do as well, uh, you know, on my own. I mean, Ali would say that I am good at it. I, I I will do it. I, I, right now I don't have time. So you're just like, you know there's not time to do that i think as a as a writer starting out it's really important to network and so i always encourage writers that i work with like get into a writers group Help each other. Mm. Success happens in circles. You guys should build your careers together and then like sort of ladder the next person up, you know, just mm-hmm. keep helping each other up. Um, and so the, a lot of them do that. And then I'm like, you got to join next gen femmes if you're a female or women in film or there's like the JHRTS. I think I'm saying that right. Junior Hollywood radio and television society. Um, There's all kinds of things out there that I'm sure I'm not even aware of, where you can meet other writers and try to network with them. And I also suggest like if you, you know, go to these panels that they have at the Guild, Mm -hmm. raise your hand, ask a smart question. Go up to them afterward. They should remember that you asked the smart question Uh. and and then call your agent or manager if you have one and say, Hey, I met so-and-so tonight. And then if they know them, which they often will, they'll get on the phone and be like, Hey, you met my client, you know? And if there's something happening, like, you know, you should meet them on this or you should just have a general with them. It's just about doing that and planting the seeds. I'm big on now that I, I mean, I am repped obviously and, and working, I, I still tell our agent and manager that like we want to go out on as many meetings as possible to mm. meet everybody we can in town because it's about like planting the seeds and yeah. building those relationships. And when you don't have any relationships, when you're starting out, it's like go out, be social. I mean, I guess two, two experiences that we had that I can remember are my writing partner and i we decided we didn't we were in writers on the verge mm-hmm. we didn't have hardly any connections I and mean, we're both girls who you know I, I came from you know not sticks you know <laughs> <laughs> and um i didn't have any connections in the business and so and she didn't either she grew up in san diego very differently but but neither one of us had a lot of, a ton of contacts we had a couple of people that we knew but we worked those contacts like mm-hmm. she had a friend who knew another guy who was developing material and had sold a bunch of pilots. So like we had him read our stuff. We met with him. We were about to develop with him. And then we got into writers in the verge and we couldn't, we didn't have the time. Um, and we went to, when we were on writers in the verge, we went to the Austin film festival. Mm-hmm. And then we went to like one of those panels that has agents and managers. And, and my writing partner, Allie was like, um, I really like that, that, that agent. She's really smart. She was a CAA agent. And I was like, Okay, great. <laughs> like, we need to go up and talk to her. And I was like, We do, you're right.
2: <laughs> so we went
0: up and we talked to her afterward. We asked her a couple of questions. And then um we had ha- we'd had a feature that was at CAA at the time through the producer that we were working with. And um so we'd already been there and had a meeting there and and but we got our people to you know, track down a couple of TV agents there, including that agent who said, I, I remember those girls. They asked a smart question. They came up to me afterwards. It's so interesting that, that there were all these people in the audience and only a few of them came up wow. and talked to me. And I remember those two. And so, and of course we, we were able to say, we just did writers in the, or we're doing writers in the verge and we wrote this. And I don't remember what our questions were, but, um, she was our agent at CA for a while um, and as well as another guy there, but, um, that, so that was like working, like making your own connections and contacts. And so we try to do that. And another time I was, (laughs) I was, um, I was at Wolfgang's, (laughs) I was at the bar at Wolfgang's and this was during the writers and the verge thing of like realizing we need to go out there and make some contacts. And so I was with, a group of people and I sat on the edge at the bar. Cause I was like, well, I'm going to, there might be somebody sitting at the bar I should meet. And mm-hmm. oddly there was, uh-huh. I turn, I'm talking to this gentleman and turns out that he was like a producer on a very successful USA show. And so we struck up a really great conversation. I got his information. And then when we had our quote coming out party for writers on the verge his son, who was a producer on that same show, was at Riders on the Verge, wow. and so I was immediately able to say, "Oh my God, I just met your dad!" and we had a conversation, and I drank your family wines that they sell at Wolfgang's, and wow. and, and and so it was an immediate connection, and it's sort of about trying to find what can that connection be, and it was just about putting myself out there.
1: Mm, very so, cool. Well, in, in a, I think that's a, uh, that's an important lesson because I know there's so many people who go to many of these seminars and conferences and things, and, and they can feel frustrated because they feel like they're getting out there, and yeah. yet um, taking advantage of the extra step is a yeah. huge deal. Um, uh, 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 an example I would give is is a number of the people that I've interviewed on the podcast have given their, their personal email addresses and said, I'd love to... Um personally correspond with anyone who would like and I'll help you with your career. And I'll that's I'll hear back from these writers after a while saying, you know, two or three people did.
0: Oh, wow, that's amazing. And yeah. it's like they're they're being so
1: gracious and offering <laughs> yeah. their 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 contact yeah. information, yeah. extending this offer. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of it.
0: Totally. And but and also make sure that you're ready to do that. Mm. I mean, I like to think maybe there are some people that have that email address tucked away somewhere, but they're not ready with their sort of arsenal of material mm. to, to to go to the next step because really you do have that one chance mm. of asking that writer for help or that manager or that agent or that producer. And so you want to make sure that your material is ready and up to scratch before you take advantage of those, those opportunities. I mean, mm. you know, so like it's twofold because, uh, I, I have a lot of writers who say I gave my script to so-and-so and I'm like, uh, it, it's too early. <laughs> like you just yeah. peach it and wait that few more months while you polish it up because you know, it's, it's, it's all sort of timing and the puzzle has to start sort of fitting together.
1: Yeah. So I, hopefully
0: some people will make contact with those writers <laughs> who are
1: Yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, that that is a very very important point. Um and and you kind of have to know de- um depending on which contact it is. Like there are some people that I know that I can contact several times a year. There's others that I know I'm going to contact when I'm ready with something really big. <laughs>
0: That's right. You know, another thing that just came up for me that I thought about when you're saying that is, yes, you have the people that you can contact once a year and some people that you can contact more. But another really great thing to do when you make contact with somebody is to find things to contact them about that are not just asking for help. Mm. So one of the things that we try to do is keep in touch with people just about like where we're at, what our progress is, or like, you know, Happy New Year, or Merry Christmas, or Happy Hanukkah, or Happy Birthday, or Hey, we have an episode coming up. I know it's maybe it's not totally up your alley. But you know, TV, DVR it and mm. watch it if you have a chance. Just, I mean, it, they probably won't watch it, but you're just like, you're putting yourself in their mind and you're not asking them for help or you're just saying happy birthday or, or, Hey, we got on another show
2: mm. and
0: we're working on this right now and hope you're well. And, or congratulations. We just saw you got promoted or congratulations. We saw you sold this show. And, you know, we sincerely are happy for them. And sometimes we don't take time out to do that. And so Ali and I try to make sure that we, take out that time and, and keep that contact. So that it's not just about going to somebody and saying, do you have a job for me? <laughs> <Help.">
1: cool. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to rewind just a touch
0: okay. so that
1: I, I, I have an opportunity for a segue. And that okay. is, uh, oh. you mentioned that you might have this great person to contact, but your mm. material isn't ready. Well, oh. you do offer um, consulting services. You launched script anatomy, Which is scriptanatomy.com, very easy. Um, and it's a company designed to help screen and television writers reach their personal writing goals and Mm -hmm. elevate their storytelling through private script consultation, group feature, and television writing classes and workshops. So, Mm -hmm. specifically, um, and again, a topic of conversation. we We were speaking before the, 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 interview about uh how there's a book that that says that you can be a script consultant even <laughs> if you've never written anything um yeah. Yeah, so what differentiate differentiate script anatomy from all the other cons- consultants out there
0: i mean i think the thing that i have to offer is that i have been teaching for a long time since 2005 and i've studied everything under the sun But the unique thing that I have to offer is that I am a working writer and Mm. I'm a person who's in the room and who's getting experience and who's going and pitching their material and, you know, has, I've, I've, I've been where they've been and then I'm a little bit ahead of where they are or they want to get to. And so I feel like I can be the bridge to that by, um, my whole thing is I like to demystify everything. Mm. The writer's room, the process whatever it is, like, I like to be very open and share with the information that I have, because I didn't have a lot of mentors. Um, I've had a few, but I, I didn't have a lot of mentors to tell me like, hey, you should do this, or hey, don't stress out. This is what's going to happen. Mm. This is okay. This is normal, or whatever. And so I think that's my experience as a writer who writes and who's working, who's also able to teach and knows how to teach, I can give them hopefully the best of both worlds. Hmm. Because, you know, I I I say that this is what I do, because I do give them like, what they're getting is my opinion, whether they're going to some other consultant or myself, they're getting my opinion. And so, I come from a writer's POV. Hmm. And I come from like, how would I fix this story? How would I change it? How would I make it more conceitful? How would I make this character more memorable? You know, so, that's that's sort of what I do
1: Mm. and and something that i i find with a lot of consultants is they seem to take you from you've already written a script now let's backtrack um Mm. but i i find as as a writer one of the places i need the most help is in development um Mm. it it, and you've you are part of a writing team where you can bounce ideas off your writing partner Um, when you don't have a writing partner uh, writing can be a really lonely experience and and you can hit roadblocks along the way. What, right. what kind of services do you offer for the development process?
0: Hmm. Well, if someone's in LA and can take a class of mine, my class is all about developing your project from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And so I've built sort of a set of tools and I... Have I give assignments every week, and then they do these, quote, development tools, and then I give them feedback every step of the way through the process. And the goal for them is to be going back through and revising those things before going to the next tool to build upon that. And so it gives them a process that they can sort of start with, and not just go like, Hey, okay, I have a great idea. I'm going to just jump into a draft and start writing without knowing what direction I'm going in. So I give an applicable process, which was something that was really important to me when I was learning how mm-hmm. to write. Yeah. Like, what, how do I apply everything that people are saying? And then, um, I, so aside from the classes that I do, I do also private packages where. I'll take somebody through those same sets of tools that I do in my classes, but maybe they're living in New York or Louisiana and I'm, and I take them through the steps that way. Mm. Um, and then of course I do do the consults where it's like, okay, I'm reading your script and giving you notes. And then I go through overall concept, structure, character development, tone, genre. Um, dialogue, scene work, and I give my assessment sort of overall of what's working and not working. And then I give pretty detailed page notes.
1: Mm. And, and one of the things you mentioned on your website is that uh, you believe that a person's growth as a writer is an ongoing process.
0: Yes. Um,
1: tell me a little bit about that.
0: I just think it's never ending. I mean, I think once you stop growing and learning, then you're, not becoming a better writer, which there's always another level uh, to get to. And you might've even lost your passion and inspiration at that point. Mm. If you're not really growing. So I think that's, what's exciting about it. Um, and I think it's important to be constantly trying to improve your craft. And, and, and that's partly from writing and writing and rewriting, maybe being in a writer's group where you're getting the feedback that you need, you know, from someone else, um, It's reading a screenwriting book or watching. I always tell my writers like watch TV shows, pause, like stop and start it and write the outline for that show yourself. Mm. Like just stop, start, stop, start, write the outline, try to see what you think is happening, where the act breaks are, what kind of act breaks they, you know, do they act out on something personal? Do they act out on a case? Is it, you know, a a big surprise? Is it a reveal? What is it? Like try to figure out what that structure is of that show. And by stopping and starting and writing out the outline yourself and then sort of trying to write it and make it pretty, that's, I think, good experience and you start to feel it. You start to feel what somebody else is doing and, and, and I think it starts to become more inherent and natural in your own process. Hmm. Um, because it's not enough, I don't think, just to watch a TV show or watch a movie for most people. Because mm. we're not all Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who can watch video after video after video and then just get it, mm. which he clearly does. He's amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and I do have to ask a perhaps a tough question. Um, And, I, and I'll frame it in such a way that I do believe it's of tremendous value when a consultant is a working writer mm. and, and has a track record. Um, I think of all the books that that I read on screenwriting, one of the most helpful was Blake Snyder. It just so mm. happens he was a working writer yeah. um, and he had been through the trenches of developing stories. And, and so he understood from a writer's perspective yeah. um, how to approach a story. The challenge that I've seen with some <laughs> uh, consultants who are our busy writers especially in television yeah. is that the television schedule is merciless and is. uh and and so what happens if somebody's um desiring some consulting when you happen to be swamped on the tv series
0: <laughs> well this is something that i'm still sort of navigating and trying to find the balancing act for myself mm-hmm. uh because i did teach quite a bit on client list this year. And it was probably too much um, for me because I had to like kill myself to get all the notes to them. Mm. Um, but I, I feel like people come to me because I am a working writer and they know that I'm working on a show. They know what my schedule's like. They know that there's going to be unexpected, you know, emergencies or changes or something will happen or you get sick or whatever. So I always say like, I'm going to get your material back to you within two to three weeks. And then there have been times where it's going to be two or three more days and I try to communicate, you know, with them via email and be like, I'm really sorry, it's going to be a few more days or whatever. I always try to do it within the two to three weeks, Mm -hmm. but if it's, if I'm not going to be able to, then I'll let them know.
1: Very, very cool. Yeah. Communication. Very, very important. It's
0: important.
1: (laughs) I know (laughs) some, I know a particular consultant who's, uh, has yet to respond to an email that I sent a few weeks ago. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, Jen Grassanti, who learned this from somebody else, and I can't remember who she said, was like, I always try to return emails within 24 hours. When I'm on hiatus, I try to return emails within 24 hours. During the season, I try to do that too, but it's not always possible. So it mm-hmm. might be two or three days. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate because I, I think the 24 hour rule is really good. But yeah, I think two weeks is a long time <laughs> to <laughs> not get back. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. well, Jen, you know? Jen is amazing. I mean, she. she is amazing. I don't know how she 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 is crazy busy, and yet she is so prompt with responding to to emails.
0: She is. I don't think she sleeps a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'll get emails from her that are like 4 a.m.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I've asked her. I think I've asked her before, like, what's your schedule? (laughs) I've asked her because I'm like... But I just don't have that within me, I don't think. But like the showrunner that I work with is also one of those that doesn't get any sleep. Like mm. goes to bed really late, gets up really early, and you get emails at all hours. And I admire that because I wish that I could be a person who could live on five hours because mm-hmm. you get so much more done. And I think Jen's one of those people. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, we are running a bit, a bit long, but I, I did want to ask just a couple of practical questions, mm-hmm. um, and specifically because this is a TV writing podcast, um. Uh, What do you see as the biggest mistakes? And when I say mistakes, I mean mistakes in scripts and also mistakes in careers as people are trying to break in.
0: Boy, mistakes in scripts, I would think it it starts out with the concept because sometimes you can see somebody, they'll be like a talented writer who has a gift, who has a voice, who has skills. And you're like, this is really good writing. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe it's even great writing, but it's not a show, Hmm. you know, it's not a show. I think it's, I think it's hard for anybody at any level to come up with something that's really a show that has legs, you know, that you can actually see a hundred episodes that come out of that concept. So I think starting with just the concept, if you don't have a strong, great concept that makes your life more difficult as a newer writer trying to break in to get a job off of that script or obviously to sell it. Hmm. So it starts at a really basic, basic, um, place. I think that'd be one of the biggest, um, mistakes I would say. And the other thing is a passive characters, especially mm. a main character, like just not having an active main character who is flawed and interesting and complex, who's going after a strong goal and, you know, it, 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 it oh my God, it's like, there's so many things that come into it. Cause then I'm like, but not enough conflict. So it's like, <laughs> you have to have an, a, a character with a, with a, a complex character with a, a flaw who has a backstory that's really interesting and who has a really strong goal. And then as they pursue that goal, there needs to be strong conflict and obstacles coming from a strong opponent. So it's like, you know, there's so many elements. I mean, you, I don't even know where to begin, but I would mm. say on a basic level, if you have a weak concept, even if you're a great writer, it's like, it's just not going to have any heat mm. under it. And then career wise, oh, I don't know that I'm like knowledgeable or experienced enough to say this, but I feel like just looking at some of the people that I know, I would say two things. I'd say one, if you really want to write, you know, a sci-fi show or if you really want to write something dark, which I would say for ourselves too, for Ali and I, um, make sure you have the material that supports that. Mm. So we, we had, we went one season we're like, we want to be on this and this and we want to go out for this and that and the other. And they were like, but you don't have the material to support that. Mm. You will have to have something darker and edgier and grittier that shows that you can do that. If that's the kind of show you want to write on. Right. So that's a mistake. Just not like sort of trying to tailor your career that way. And another thing would be, I think when you're starting out, it's just important to get the job and be on the job and do the best job you can. And then I think there's probably, and I'm not sure, but excuse me, there's probably a certain point where you have to start thinking about the kind of show you want to be on and the kind of writer you've become. So it's like, if you've been on, if you've been on like a soft soap opera for Eight years, hmm. you know, and you really want to be on Breaking Bad or the next Breaking Bad since that's going to be over, then you really have to, like, not only make sure your material is targeting that, but you can't accept that third soap opera. <laughs> now, that's easier said than done, yeah. you know what I mean? But it's like, it's something that, I you know, that I think about. I think, like, so Allie and I have been on two really great shows that we love and are, are amazing. And I think we're happy with where we're at for, for now. But like when you say, Oh, down the road, where do you want to be? It's like, okay, well, there's got to be a certain point when we're going to have to think about that. But I don't know how much control we're going to have over it. I mm-hmm. really, you know, I really don't. I, I admire the writers that are like, their first jobs on Mad Men. <laughs> it's like, to oh, you, you yeah. know, if that's if that's what you want to be on, or if you want to be on a Disney Family show, then stop writing Dexter. <laughs> or
1: yeah,
0: yeah.
1: In 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 contrast, yeah. what uh, as as you have taught uh, for for many years, and you've consulted with and, and taught classes and, and that kind of thing, what makes a writer stand out?
0: Hmm. Well a unique voice for sure Mm -hmm. that's coming through. But I mean, the writers that stand out to me when I'm working with them, it's always like, Oh my God, there's writers that are, you know, Newer and or haven't broken in yet. And they have like a really strong, amazing concept. That you're like, I can't believe I didn't think about that. Or I can't believe that nobody else has done that either. Mm-hmm. Like that stands out. And then hopefully, and oftentimes I find those people who actually have some chops and they, they have a really good script. But the ones that really stand out for me are the ones that are strong with theme mm-hmm. so that everything really ties together thematically and it has sort of an emotional impact on you when you when you read it so there's like more than one theme often there's several threads of the theme or one core theme and it's being expressed in the ABC and so on storyline like that's tight writing I think you know it's unified and it and it and it has an impact.
1: Well, that reminds me of, um, I'm sure you remember an amazing, amazing blog by uh, uh, Terry Rossio and Ted Elliott, wordplayer.com. Yes. It's still still live, I urge. If you haven't, if somebody's sure. watching this and they haven't seen wordplayer.com, just crazy, crazy articles. Very, very insightful. And And one of them they wrote was about Shrek, how they came up with the characters for Shrek. And it was fascinating how, I mean, it's a... Ostensibly a, a kids' movie. I mean, I know uh, like all all ages enjoyed it, but um, they they built all of the characters very specifically to show different aspects of self image. And yes, and That's, and yeah. and it was just fascinating because Shrek it it did do amazingly well, and when you watch it, you don't necessarily think of that. But the theme was incredibly important to how every single part of it was built.
0: Yes. I mean, that's storytelling. And that's that's why we, I mean, that's how you execute or illustrate the emotional arc of your story by showing facets of theme through every character they can either prove it or disprove it in some way they can embody the theme or they can be the antithesis of the theme so yeah i i just to be a total geek and ex- expose that about myself when i was first starting to write i would um get on that blog word mm-hmm. player and i would i used to print out all of them yeah. and then highlight them and like that's was i was you know trying to learn feature writing early on before i started studying it that was what, one of the first places i went to figure it out
1: yeah oh and and there's there's stuff on that blog that you won't find anywhere else, like just the insights that they had and yeah even the insights on hollywood like like the mm-hmm. mind share of of uh of a person or a pro- or a property um and anyway go to yeah, wordplayer.com cool.
0: yeah exactly yeah
1: yeah very cool stuff well uh we do have to wrap it up but uh this has been really really great and uh, i do urge people to go to scriptanatomy.com and also you're on twitter
0: <laughs> i'm a, i'm a, i'm so bad at as you already know because i was sort of not very good at setting this whole, like figuring out how to do Skype. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, it's script anatomy. It's like, I guess at it's script like anatomy. At script anatomy.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> very, very cool. Yeah. So, uh, so, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking this time. I know that you've just uh, come off of a really busy show. And, uh, and so I appreciate you taking time out of your time off to to do this
0: thank you so much for having me i appreciate it it's been fun
1: very very cool well best of luck to you and uh, hopefully you. we'll we'll chat soon okay good okay thanks bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye hosted by gray jones the tv writer podcast is brought to you by script magazine and scriptmag.com the leading source for script writing information in print and on the web